0: I'm excited because um, by this time last week, oh sorry, last year, we started online Bible community, and um, I remember we were just very crude. We just started with what we have, with what we had as a then, and God has really, really been faithful. He has helped us grow in many ways. He has given us insight. He has given us direction. His grace upon our lives has, upon the community here, has multiplied. And there's just so much to thank God for, right? So we're going to thank God, you know, later on in today's Bible study. And I really would love us to share one or two testimonies we have or experiences, how this community has helped you, has blessed your life, has um, been a source of encouragement to you, and, you know, all of that. So we'll do that later on in today's study. Um, But let's proceed. So we're continuing from where we stopped last week. And we'll be looking at the spirits within and the spirit upon And just by way of recap, by the way, I'm using the same slide. So let me just go to the previous, um, let me go to the previous slide. So we started by seeing um, Ezekiel, the prophecy in Ezekiel and Joel and how God had already spoken about the two expressions and operations of the spirit in, in in this, our dispensation. And Ezekiel prophesied about the spirit within us. Whereas Joel prophesied about the spirit upon us, all right, and when Ezekiel prophesied about the spirit within, he focused on the on the effect that the spirit within us would have, and he said the spirit within us would cause us to walk in God's ways and walk in His statues. Whereas when Joel prophesied about the spirit upon us, he told us that the spirit upon us would would basically result in spectacular and supernatural things like um, the seeing visions, um, um, prophesying. And external manifestations, all right. And we're able to deduce through from these two prophecies the operations, the differences in operations of the of the spirits. And again, like I said, it is the same Holy Spirit, just that the operations are different, all right. Then we also looked at the dimensions of the Holy Spirit: the Spirit with us, the Spirit in us, and the Spirit upon us, all right. And we're explaining how that the Spirit with us is available even to unbelievers. God can be with certain people. Um, probably because of the covenant he had with their with their parents, with their fathers, with, with whoever, or just, or just out of his love and mercy, he could be with them, right? And you see those, his presence, evident in deliverances, in protection, even though these people are not Christians, yet the spirit of God can be with them. God can be with them to guide and help them, all right? But then there's a dimension further than that where God now lives in us, and that is the spirit in us. And this is only available to believers, only av- available to Christians, all right? And, um, and that's what the Holy Spirit, what happens when we give our lives to Christ, and then there's an extra dimension of the Holy Spirit upon us, and this, there's a specific reason where the Holy Ghost comes upon upon people, right, and we saw, okay, I'm not sure we saw this, but let me state it right now, that the Old Testament enjoyed, even though, even though Jesus Christ had not died, yet they enjoyed the operation of the Spirit of God upon them. What they did not have is the Spirit of God within us, and this is the a very important differentiation between the New Testament believers that we are and also the Old Testament people, right? They had the Spirit of God upon them. The Spirit of God came upon them to prophesy, to to do miracles and different things. But they never had the Spirit of God living inside of them. And this already suggests to us where our advantage comes in, that the Spirit of God within us is what really sets us apart from from people of the world, oh, sorry, sorry, from people of, not the people of the world, from people in the Old Testament. All right. So we looked at that and then we had a discussion saying what is the difference between the spirit within and the spirit upon and it was a fantastic session. So today we are continuing with where we stopped and we just want to look at the differences, um, want to look closely at the differences between the spirit within and the spirit upon, all right? So I intend that this will be a very short um, discussion and then of course we'll hear our, our own feedback and and our own sharing as well before we proceed to other things all right so we want to look at the difference between the spirit within and the spirit upon all right so I, I mean already we said this conversation last week and we had fantastic um, we had fantastic contributions from 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 you guys. From people at, at the meeting, so and, and there's something I saw. So, so, some of the things that, you, that, that was shared last week, I didn't include them in today's study, all right, just so that we can save time. So, what I encourage you to do, please, if you're not ala- around for last week's study or you, or you haven't listened to the podcast, please do so on our podcast channel. You can use the short link bit.ly forward slash obcpodcasts, all right. So, we'll put that to you at the end of today's Bible study. Okay. Praise God. So the spirit within versus the spirit upon. What are the differences in operations? And why is this even important that we understand the differences? All right. Because number one, it gives us spiritual insight as to the way the Holy Spirit works. So even though it is the same Holy Spirit, his operations are different. Okay. And when we understand how he works, we know how to expect, or sorry, we know what to expect and even how to how to direct our actions in line with the manifestation of the spirit, whether within or with or upon us. Okay. And please let me state here again that, that this is available to every single believer, not only those called into ministry like we, we, we know it, but it's available to every single believer. So the spirit within and the spirit upon is available to every single believer. Um, Ezekiel prophesied, ezekiel prophesied in um in the book of ezekiel right he prophesied and said that um, he, he's going to give everyone a new flesh a, a new heart rather right? and he put his spirit upon up he'll put his spirit in in us okay then joel also also said said rather his spirit will be will be poured out upon all flesh so what this suggests is that it is available to everybody both the spirit within and the spirit upon upon all right so let's proceed number one The spirit within empowers you to live for God. All right, Um, you can take notes if you want to. Sorry, this is Ezekiel chapter um, thirty-six, verse twenty-six to twenty-seven. So, the spirit within empowers you to live for God. So, let's read two verses of scripture quickly. Ephesians chapter, sorry, Ezekiel, not Ephesians. Ezekiel chapter thirty-six. Um, verse 26 and 27. Please go ahead and read if you are there. Ezekiel chapter 26, chapter 36, sorry. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26 to 27. Anybody please read. uh, I mean, this will be for those on Zoom. Please go ahead and read, 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 read. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26 to 27.
1: Ezekiel 36. Right. Can you hear me?
0: Um, yes, we can hear you now.
1: Okay, Ezekiel 36, 26 to 27. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh.
0: I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And you will keep my ordinances and do them. Hallelujah. So when Ezekiel prophesied, made it, gave this um, prophecy, and we looked at this last week, he said, I'll put my spirit within you. And then the resultant effect of the spirit within is that I'll cause you to walk in my statues, I'll cause you to walk in my ways, I'll cause you to obey me. Meaning the spirit of God within us is what empowers us to live for God walking in God's statutes uh, obeying obeying him walking in his patterns all right that is us living for God and that is a function of the spirit within all right and, and that's what Ezekiel was pro- uh, prophesied in what we just read right now that I'll put my spirit within you and I'll cause you meaning I would I would my spirit within you will sponsor your living for me and you know the 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 uh, we saw this last week the um the what's it called now? The dilemma the people at the Old Testament had was that they had the law, but they didn't have the empowerment to meet, to meet up to the standards of the law. It's almost like saying um, you want you give someone work to do, but he doesn't have the tool to do the work. He doesn't have the strength to do the work, and yet you expect the person to meet a certain standard or a certain requirement. That's what the Old Testament people faced. They had the law, the law was good, everything that was in the law was righteous. But they had, there was an inherent flaw in their lives. There was no power. There was nothing to power them living um, up to the standard of the law. So even when we come to the New Testament, the law did not change. God's law still is still the same. God's standard has always been the same, right? However, there's, a, there's now a change. There's a difference, which is our advantage. And the advantage is that we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us to power us, to meet up to the the expectations of the law, right? Someone said it this way, that it's like like you go for a a race, for instance, and let's say the race is something that is is very difficult, humanly impossible, right? And then it is God that sets the race. But after God sets the race, what he now does is that he comes inside of you to now run it. So someone on the outside that doesn't have God living inside of him will struggle and ultimately fail. But because we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us, right, we meet up to the standard and expectation of the race because God is living inside of us. That's exactly what what happened with us, and that's what differentiates us with the Old Testament. And that's what Ezekiel prophesied about, that I will put my spirit within you, and then I will cause you to walk in my statues, cause you to walk in my ways. So it is the Holy Spirit within us, the spirit within us, that empowers us to live for God. Okay, I believe that's clear enough. So, second scripture I want to read is Ephesians chapter three, verse sixteen. Um, preferably, the preferably from the uh, what's it called New Living Translation. So, let me pull up my Bible. I mean, if you are there, please read for us from New Living Translation, Ephesians chapter three, verse sixteen to nineteen. Ephesians chapter 3,
1: verse 16 to 19 from the NLC.
0: All right, so let me let me read it. It says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. King James says, yeah, he will, uh, he will strengthen you by his spirit within you. All right, he's strengthening your inner man by his Holy Spirit living inside of you. So this is referring to it, to the Spirit within us. So he says he will strengthen you, right? Then verse 17 says, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Your roots will grow deep in God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand all God's people sh- So understand all God's people should. How wide, how long, how high and how deep his love he says may you experience the love of christ that that is too great to understand fully then you will be made complete with the fullness of life and the power <clears throat> that comes from god all right so he says you will be made made complete with the fullness of life and the power that comes from god so it is a manifestation the oppression of the spirit of god within us that empowers us for this so he says he will strengthen you with might that strengthening is empowerment you strengthen with might by his spirit in your inner being and then you begin to comprehend the depth of god's love all of that and by um another translation says that you'll be you live to the fullness of god so that living to the fullness of god is the is result and a product of the spirit of god within us okay so when it comes to you living for christ now your own personal life the way you live your your life in, in holiness and purity and in um, living for christ you know when people When people look at you and they say, this person must must know God, that effect is a result of the spirit within you. And if you read the Bible, right, the the Bible says that the believers were first called Christians at Antioch, meaning it was other people that called them Christians first. They were not the ones that came up and said we are Christians. The word Christian means like Christ or Christ-like. So other people saw something in their life that made them made them say, these people are behaving like Jesus Christ. And so they call them Christians. The same way that um, um, Peter, the Bible says, Peter and 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 John, that they looked at him closely and they saw that these men were uneducated. But even though they were uneducated, they noticed that they had been with Christ. How did they notice it was by their lifestyle, by the way they lived outright? And it is the Holy Spirit that empowers this kind of lifestyle, the Spirit within us that empowers this kind of lifestyle for us to live Um, for God, okay? So the spirit within empowers us to live for, for God, whereas the spirit upon empowers us for service and to be a witness for Jesus Christ, okay? So the spirit upon empowers you for service and for you also to be a witness for Jesus Christ. So when it comes to service in God's kingdom, all right? Having a good heart is good, but it is not enough. Having the willingness to save is good, but it is not enough. You need empowerment to save. Because everything that we do in God's kingdom is, has to be done by power. Jesus Christ said, the kingdom of God is marching on. He says, I will build my church, rather, and the gates of hell will not prevail. Meaning there's, there are, the, the gates of hell is, uh, is advancing and trying and making attempts to prevail against the church. But Jesus Christ said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Why will the gate of hell not prevail? Because there's an empowerment that the body of Christ will receive to do his work. So when it comes to service in God's kingdom, you need the spirit upon. And the spirit of God upon, we're going to look at um, shortly is responsible for the demonstration of God's power and the release of God's anointing externally. Okay. So the spirit of empowers us for service and to be witnesses for Jesus Christ. So when it comes to witnessing, to going to talk to people, speak to people about jesus christ or represent jesus christ in the lives of other people then you need the power of the holy spirit and that comes by as a result of the spirit upon so let's read luke chapter 4 verse 6 16 to 18 luke chapter 4 verse 16 to 18 Um, give me a minute All right. Thank you. Luke chapter 4, verse 16 to 18. Anyone there should please read for us. And someone else can be, can turn to Acts chapter 10, verse 18, 8, while we're reading Luke. All right. Luke chapter 4, verse 16 to 18. Um, Yeah. Luke chapter 4, verse 16 to 18. Yes, please go ahead. Anyone there? Okay, let me read. So it says, and he came to Jer- and he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. So this was Jesus Christ in the synagogue and there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. So please let's pay close attention to this. He says, The spirit of the Lord is upon me. So Jesus Christ was speaking from the prophecy of Isaiah. And this is what he said, that the spirit of God is upon me. So the question now is, when the spirit of God is upon, what is the resultant effect? Let's look at this. He says, the spirit of God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised. Then at verse 19, it says to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, do you notice that everything that Jesus Christ, everything that Prophet Isaiah mentioned here in this list that Jesus Christ um, spoke from, nothing had to do with personal um, effect, everything had to do with service, with service. An external service to other people, all right? So he says to preach the gospel to the poor, he wasn't preaching the gospel to himself, but to other people. Um, he said to heal the brokenhearted, again, to other people, to preach deliverance to the captives, other people, to, uh, I says, recovering of sight to the blind, setting at liberty, and he went on and on. So everything that the Spirit of God upon us was a, um, designed to do is to minister to the needs of others, right? And that's what service service really means, Um, to serve other people, to be a witness for God in the lives of other people. So please let me say this, you cannot effectively witness for Christ without the manifestation of his spirit upon your life, okay? You might be a diligent person, you might be an honest person, you might be a person of integrity and character, but as long as it comes to ministering for God or being a witness for God and ministering to other people and serving other people for Christ, then you need the oppression of the spirit of God upon your life. So it's not just enough that you're a good Christian. Oh yeah, I'm a good Christian. I don't lie. Uh, I don't cheat anybody. I mind my business. Fine. The moment you say you want to witness for Jesus Christ, you need the manifestation of the spirit of God upon you. And how does this happen? Okay. Um, okay, no, so let, let's just read Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Then I'll reference Acts 1, verse 8. So Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Please read it if you are there. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Okay, it says this that how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So it says with the holy ghost and with power so god anointed jesus christ of nazareth with the holy ghost and with power when you hear anointing um uh, when someone is anointed right typically it refers to the spirit upon because anointing simply means the, the the verb anoint to so anoint means to rub upon all right um if i if i rub oil on on my body that is me anointing my body if i for any reason, drink in oil. That is not me anointing oil. I'm anointing myself with 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 oil, rather. But when I rub it on my body, that is me. Um, that is me anointing myself. So I'm just saying this to refer to explain that many times when you see the verb anoint refers to the spirit upon. Okay. So how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. So what did he do when the Spirit of God came upon him? He says he went about doing good. He did not receive the spirit of Paul and stayed in his house comfortable and said, oh, now I have the spirit of Paul. Let me just enjoy my fellowship with God and just, you know, don't do anything. No, the spirit of Paul is for service and for ministering to other people. So it says, um, who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. So the spirit of God upon Jesus Christ caused him to go about doing good. So his, his, his um, acts of service was sponsored by the Spirit of God upon him, all right? And this is what we need to understand, that yes, we are born again. Yes, we are going to go to heaven, okay? Um, but if, if we are going to witness for God, we are going to carry out his work on earth, then you must have the operation of the Spirit of God upon your life, praise Jesus. All right, next is this. The Spirit within us abides forever, Okay? The Spirit within us abides forever. So when we receive the Holy Ghost in our hearts at salvation, the Holy Ghost is designed to stay with us forever. Now, the only, let me just put a clause here, the only time the Holy Spirit ever leaves a believer is when the believer commits what we call the unpardonable or unforgivable sin, all right? And this is not, I mean, this is not the the context of today's conversation, but before someone asks and says, oh, how, how, how am I sure I'm not going to sin that sin? It is a long process for you to sin that kind of a sin. And it is it is it is through certain dealings, right, that um, the Holy Ghost must have dealt with you, must have brought things to your attention and cautioned you. And then you intentionally refused, having known and tasted of the gift of the of the path of the age to come, or tasted of the gift of the Holy Spirit, and then you decide to still abandon the faith, all right? And that is, I promise you, it is not, it is not, you cannot mistakenly do it. It takes a lot of effort and intention to even do it. So that is not anybody's case right now, I believe. All right. In fact, for you to be listening to this message already shows that you're not in this category. Okay. So that put that aside, aside that the Holy Spirit abides with us forever. All right. The Holy Spirit abides with us forever. So give me 30 seconds. Just hold these thoughts. Um,
1: 30 seconds. I'll be right back. All right, so
0: the Holy Spirit abide the Spirit of the Spirit within, whether abides with us forever. And how do I know that? John chapter fourteen, verse sixteen. John chapter fourteen, verse sixteen. Jesus Christ speaking. I read sixteen and seventeen. He says, "And I will pray the Father, and He shall give you another Comforter, that He might abide with you forever." So this comforter would abide with us forever. But someone says there, well, it doesn't state that he will be in, this not the spirit within. So let's look at verse 17. It says, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, <coughs> neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. So the spirit that abides with us forever is the spirit that is in us. All right? So I think this is, straightforward and clear enough so the spirit within abides with us forever and this is so important because no matter what's no matter where you are no matter what stage of your christian growth you are at at the moment there's something that is super ever constant and it's super encouraging to know is that the holy spirit will never leave you in fact the way god said is in our book of isaiah that i will never leave you nor forsake you That is the spirit within you. The reason why God is always with us is because the spirit of God is within us. In fact, Ephesians says it this way that um, we are are built up to be an habitation of God by his spirit. So, as long as the spirit of God is in us, God is always with us. God is always in us. And this is very reassuring because you don't need to wait till you feel an anointing. You don't need to wait till you have a revelation or a dream, or there's something spectacular going on before you know the Spirit of God is, is there. No, as long as you have received Jesus in your heart, the Spirit of God is always with you. In fact, it is because the Spirit of God is with us that is in, because the Spirit of God is living inside of us that when we, sing, we, can, we can our conscience feels pricked. And we know that we've done something wrong and we can go and repent. It is because the spirit of God is living within us. All right. So please be rest assured the spirit of God, the spirit within you abides forever. The spirit within you abides forever. He's always there. So regardless of where you are, you can pray and say, Holy Spirit, help me. And the spirit of God will always be there to help you. You can pray and say, Holy Spirit, give me understanding. And the spirit of God will be there to give you understanding because the spirit of God abides within you forever. All right. Now, however, the spirit upon, and I said it this way: the operation of the spirit upon can rest and can also lift. Okay, meaning when the spirit of God, when the spirit of when the spirit upon is in operation, the operation doesn't always stay there. For instance, when you see you know people minister under the unction of the Holy Spirit, at the point where they're ministering, the anointing of God is present, but some hours later, the anointing may not be present in that way. It doesn't mean they are no longer anointed. No. It just means that the operation of the anointing is not, your anointing is not in operation at that point in time. Okay. And Kennedy explains this a lot in his book that when he goes to minister several times, you know, the anointing is in operation and it's flowing. But then at some point, the anointing ceases to flow. When the anointing ceases to flow, he tells them and says, See, the healing anointing. Is no longer flowing. However, I can pray for you. To, I can pray for you to be healed by the prayer of faith, and then he prays for them in that way, and people still receive their healing. But when the anointing is in operation, you would know, and when the anointing is not in operation, you would also know. And I mean, it's. And I'm, I believe that all of us are growing mature in in the faith, okay, mature in Christianity. So we need to begin to understand the way the Holy Spirit works in our lives. And I'll just say this here that. If you are, for instance, ministering and you're ministering under the influence of the anointing and for some reason the anointing ceases to flow, right, in that, in that particular way, um, don't force yourself to minister in the way you would have ministered if the anointing was upon, okay? So for instance, let's say the anointing come up, comes upon someone and the person is prophesying and prophesying and prophesying and then the anointing stops flowing, <clears throat> okay? Don't force yourself to prophesy, because if you try to prophesy when the, if you try to prophesy as though the, as though the anointing was upon you, you would most likely expose yourself to deceiving spirits, and then, I mean, things can go worse from there. So the spirit upon the operations of the spirit of, upon can rest upon a person and can also lift. So it is not every time that someone is operating under the the, the man under the um, influence of the anointing or under the influence of the spirit upon that person. Okay. I hope that my explanation is clear enough. So read if you read Revelation chapter one, verse 10, I'll just put it out. Um John said, This is the, the the John, right? Apostle John, he said that I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, and then I heard this, I heard that, I saw this, I, I saw that. Now, my question is that, was he always in the Spirit? The answer is no. But on this particular day that he refers to as the Lord's day, he was in the Spirit. Meaning the operations of the Spirit of God upon him sucked him into a, a realm, into a dimension that made him to see what he, was, he could not see on a normal day. It made him to hear what he would not hear on a normal day. It gave him encounters that he would not have on a normal day. This is the operation of the Spirit of God upon us. Okay and um this this doesn't happen always please just one minute please so this doesn't happen always the anointing can rest upon you part time and also lifts okay i know from my little experience i've seen that when the anointing is uh, is in operation you feel so powerful When when the spirit of god upon you is in operation you can feel so powerful do a lot of things as the Spirit of God directs you. But once that that period elapses and then the anointing fades away, you don't try to do... Don't let the anointing be the one propelling you, all right? Um, don't try to force it. However, the Spirit of God within you doesn't go anywhere. The Spirit of God within you always abides forever. And just let me put a, a, an extra note on this, that... This doesn't mean the person is no longer anointed. It's just that the oppressions of the anointing can, or the pressures of the anointing comes and goes. Let me put it that way. Do you understand what I'm saying? So the oppressions of the anointing can come and can go, but the spirit within you doesn't come and go. The spirit within you abides forever. All right. I hope that's clear enough. Next is this um, the spirit within is responsible for the formation of our character. In other words, the fruit of the Spirit. Okay? The Spirit within is responsible for the formation of our character. Already, this would suggest to you that it is possible for someone to be moving strongly in the anointing, which is the Spirit upon us, right? And yet have a a terrible character. And... (laughs) And I mean, if you've been a Christian for a while, you must have encountered people like this. People that who manifest the gift of the Spirit, demonstrate the Spirit, but yet their character is, is uh, there's a lot of flaw. They don't have integrity, they don't keep to their word, they can lie, they can do a lot, all manner of things, but yet the Spirit of God is operating within their lives, uh, operating upon their lives. And this is a very strong possibility. So the Spirit of God within us is responsible for the formation of God's character. And this is similar to, um to what we said uh, to the first point we made all right so when you see a christian who has a who has a an awesome character it is because the person has allowed the spirit of god within him to work on his character and to produce what you now see and appreciate on the outside but when you see a believer who doesn't have um uh who doesn't have a great character It just means that the person hasn't yielded himself to the Holy Spirit to walk upon him to produce the character that is um, reflective of Christ Jesus, all right? And so when we see Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 to 30, I just want to show us something there. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 to 30. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 to 30 says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers. So Paul was saying, don't let any corrupt communication come out of you. So you see that this borders around the people's character already, right? He didn't say, oh, make sure you heal the sick. He wasn't talking about the spectacular or the charismatic expressions of the Holy Spirit, but he was talking about the character. And then he says in verse 30, he says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption so what happens is that when we walk outside of the character of the holy spirit right within us, the holy spirit is grieved meaning it is the work of the spirit within us to ensure that we walk in in the character that fully represents him and we we saw this in um, when we studied um, walking in the spirit where we read galatians chapter five and we looked at this extensively and we saw that um um paul said in galatians chapter five that um Oh, please, permit me to read it, read it so I don't misquote it. Just five verse. Five verse. Um, verse 22 says, <clears throat> But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. It says, against such, there is no love. So it is the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit is, refers to the, the, to the works of the Holy Spirit within our hearts. Amen. And when we looked at... Um, if you look at verse 16, it says, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the desires of the, of the flesh. And, and we explained all of this when we did that study. So please go back to the study. But what I want to point out from here is that this is the work of the, of the Holy Spirit within our hearts. All right. So the, the spirit within us is responsible for the formation of character in our lives. Whereas the spirit upon is responsible for the gifts and the charisma of the, of the Holy Spirit. And we've looked at this in, in different ways in a previous Bible study, okay? But it's something important that we need to keep on emphasizing that when you when see people, excuse me, when you see people demonstrate the gift of the Holy Ghost, it is, it is a result of the Spirit of God upon them, all right? And um, when we look at Acts chapter one, verse eight, Acts chapter one, verse eight, thank you, Jesus. I mean, you already, you already know the verse of scripture. It says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. It says, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. It didn't say you see power when the Holy Ghost come, comes within you or inside you. It says you receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, right? And then you shall be my witnesses up to the end of the earth and all of that. So the operations of the power of God, the operations of the gift of the Spirit, is a result of the Holy Ghost that is upon us. And like I said, as long as it has to do with us witnessing for God, you cannot do that without the operation of the Holy Ghost upon you. Amen? All right. So the spirit within is responsible for the formation of character, and the spirit upon is responsible for the um, for the gift and the charisma of the of the spirit. All right. So I want to know if we are, we are all together, and I want to know how many people are following us, so please let me know if you're together if so far you understand all that we've been saying and we're on the same page please let me know in the comment section or let me know um on yeah in the comment section on mixella and on zoom as well so just drop your comments drop your chat let me know we are all together all right <clears throat> so far if, if we're together let me know give me a thumbs up give me drop it comment in the chat just let me know that we are together. All right. So Mixela, sorry, on Zoom. OK, good. To me says we're together. Thank you. Anyone else? Are we together? Many, many men. OK. Mixela, I haven't seen anything from you guys. Let me know if we are together. All right. So we have one more. Um, one more point, one more difference on that this. And this is this is it. The spirit within... Okay, thank you, yeah, um, iPhone user. I'm not sure who you are. But yeah, so thank you. We're all together. That's great. Okay, so the spirit within us is for our personal benefits. Okay? And um, let me read First John chapter 2, verse 27. I'll just show something here. First John chapter 2, verse 27. I'll give us an illustration I heard from a man of God that really explains this point perfectly. So, first John chapter 2, verse 27 to 29. All right. First John chapter 2, verse 27 to 29 says, But the anointing which you have received of him abides in you. So, the word here, anointing, Um, is here is referring to the Holy Spirit, okay. And how do we know this is the Spirit within? Because it says, The anointing which you have received abides in you. So, this anointing abides in you, the anointing abides in you, okay. Then it says that you do not need any man to teach you, but as the same anointing, as the same anointing teaches you of all things and is truth and is no lie, and even as the anointing, even as it has. Taught you, you shall abide in him. Okay. Then he says, and now, little children. Okay. Let's just talk about verse 27. That's what my emphasis is that the anointing you shall receive abides in you. Then he goes on to say that you don't need any man to teach you. The same anointing teaches you all things. For clarity here, it doesn't mean that human beings can't teach you. What he's saying is that even when human beings teach or people teach, it is the anointing within you that ends up giving you understanding or that actually teaches you. So, for instance, as we're teaching right now, whatever understanding you are getting is not because I am speaking. It is because the Spirit of God within you is giving you understanding, okay? That's what this verse is saying. So, this anointing within is for our personal benefit. However, the anointing upon us is primarily for the benefit of others. The anointing within is for our own benefit. The anointing upon is for the benefit of others, okay? And... Um, Okay, let, let, let me just read that. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. Thank you, Jesus. So it says, But the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit withal." I want to read a translation. I think this is NLT that puts it this way: First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 from NLT. He says, and it says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. So the reason why you have spiritual gifts, you have the oppressions of the spirit upon is not necessarily for your own benefits. And in fact, a vivid example of this is Prophet Elisha. You know, Prophet Elisha died from sickness, all right? Even though he healed people, in fact, brought people back to, back to life. And not just that, even when he, he died, I don't know how many years after this had happened, But it was must have been several years because at this point it was only his bones that were left. The Bible says that some big set of people were going. (coughs) Excuse me, please. This set of people were going to bury someone, I guess their friend that died. And then while they were going to for the burial, the enemies attacked them. Okay. And then out of fear, they threw their, their dead friend away and ran for their lives. I mean. I'm sure they must have advised themselves that if we don't run, we might end up like a dead friend here. And this dead man that they were going to bury, unknown to them, they threw him into the tomb of Elisha. And Elisha, as soon as the man touched Elisha's bones, the anointing upon Elisha was still still powerful and and available that the man rose up back to life. The the man was brought back to life by the anointing that was upon Elisha's dead bones. However, this same Elisha died from sickness, meaning it is possible for you to have the manifestation of the spirit upon you. You have the anointing and work in your life. Or it's possible for someone, let's say not you, for someone to have the operations of the spirit of God upon the person and yet still suffer from from maybe a sickness or something that, that his anointing is solving in other people's lives. Do you understand that? And why is this possible? It is possible because God did not design for us to live our daily lives by the anointing upon us. Rather, he designed us to live our daily lives by the spirit within us. Do you understand that? So the spirit of God within us is for our personal benefits. The Spirit of God upon us is for the benefit of others. Just like we said, it's for the service of others. It's to minister to other people. Jesus Christ said, the Spirit of God is upon me to preach the good news, to deliver those that are sick, to do this and do that for other people. But when it comes to your own personal life, you must know how to walk with the Holy Spirit within you. So it is possible for someone to have the gift of healing, okay, and yet still fall sick. And the only way the person would walk would in health is if the person knows how to walk with the Holy Spirit within him, knows how to appropriate the work of the Holy Ghost inside of him. The anointing can heal somebody, right? The anointing upon his life can heal other people, but then the, the anointing within him will now have to cater for his own personal needs, all right? Let me give, give an illustration that I heard the man of God give. It's like a, a, a fuel tanker, for instance, you know these tanks that go and offload fuel from the from the ports and then transport it to where they need to be or like a diesel tanker let's say diesel tanker a, a diesel tanker that has that has diesel in its container all right but also it needs diesel diesel to run so the tanker for its own running for its own energy to make it move it needs diesel even though there's diesel at at the container um, that it carries okay so it's the same way also the believer who has uh, carries anointing, and this is every one of us now, the believer that carries anointing, carries the Spirit upon, also needs fuel for his own life. That fuel for his own daily life comes from the Spirit within. And let me say this to you know those of us that would end up ministering at some point or the other. We cannot neglect the, our fellowship with the Holy Spirit because we have an anointing. It is just a matter of time. We will fall for deception. We will fall pray to the attack of the enemy, the devil knows. See, the devil doesn't doesn't fear your anointing, the anointing that you carry upon you. The devil fears your relationship with God. And this is very evident because there are people that are anointed or people that were anointed and yet they 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 fell prey to the attack of the devil. So the anointing upon us doesn't exempt us from attack. It is the fellowship we have with the Holy Ghost that is our defense. All right? And I hope this is clear enough. Does this explain the balance? Does this balance things out? Let me know in the comment section, right? If this helps you understand it. So again, back to our il- illustration, the tanker that carries fuel also needs fuel in its own engine. So just in that same way, as believers, we need our own fuel in our engine. And that comes from the spirit of God within us. While we carry fuel, or we also carry, we, we, we carry fuel, we carry a tank of fuel. That is the spirit of God upon our lives, all right? I hope that's clear enough so it's possible like something you can carry the anointing upon you but your life is deficient of the of the fellowship of the holy spirit and one one of the very easy indicators of a deficient um, fellowship life is that you make wrong the person makes wrong decisions and though the person has anointing but you can see that the person makes day-to-day are uh, just wrong decisions all right and that's because you, that part, that supply was designed to come from the, Spirit, <clears throat> from the Spirit within us. Okay, so we're almost done. I just want to share a few more thoughts and um, we'll proceed. So extra thoughts for us, right, is this, that safety from deception is hinged on fellowship with the Spirit within us. Okay, again, reference to Ephesians 4, verse 30, where Paul said, do not, do not um, grieve the Holy Spirit within you. That grieving. If you are, if you walk with the Holy Spirit, you can tell when the Holy Spirit is grieved. You can tell when you do something and the Holy Spirit is not happy with what you did. Let's say, for instance, you, you, um, let's say, shouted at your colleague at work, or you responded aggressively, or responded in a way that the Holy Spirit is not pleased with. The Holy Spirit will be grieved in your heart, and you will sense it. You see, those nudges of the Spirit of God within you is what would save you from. Deception from other spirits, okay. And the moment we begin to ignore the the operations of the Spirit of God within our hearts, then we open the door for the enemy to come and feed us lies. And you now see why you 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 see why someone can someone who has been a Christian for a long time will tell you that yeah, I'm a Christian, but you know once a while I still just go and look for girls. You know, it's not that I do it. I mean, I I still love God, but I do it. You know, once a while I just have to. You know, I sometimes I cannot just help myself. The person, for the person to comfortably say this and, and continue doing this, the person has been exposed to deception. And how did, he say, how did the deception come? It came because the person didn't pay attention to the knowledge of the Holy Spirit within him. Maybe the first time it happened, the Holy Spirit, for lack of better words, the Holy Spirit flogged him and said, you cannot do this. But then the person ignored fellowship with the Holy Spirit and kept on saying, yes, I'm a believer. I have the Holy Spirit. I'm anointed. And he didn't correct or repent. And that continues. And what happens is that the spirit of deception just comes and feeds you with a lie that says, you know, whatever you do with your body doesn't matter. Just, are you not saved? You say yes. It's not your spirit that is saved. You say yes. So your body can do anything. Your spirit, what your spirit is the one that is saved. It does not matter. That kind of lie and deception comes because the person is not in tune with the, with fellowship, uh, in tune in fellowship with the spirit of God within that person. Okay. And I referenced here 1 Samuel chapter 19, verse 23. You might have to read a couple of scriptures before and after it to get the context. But this was where Saul, right? So the so story has it that the Spirit of God left Saul <clears throat> and a, an evil spirit came upon Saul. And then Saul was, Saul, Saul was restless. And out of, because of that, he became jealous of David and was looking for ways to kill David. Now, David ran to prophet Samuel Right, who anointed him? And I'm sure David was like, Why do I have all this trouble? And someone eventually told Saul that David was with Samuel in his village called Rama. Now, the prophetic climate of Rama was that once you enter that atmosphere, you come under the influence of the spirit of God upon and you begin to prophesy. So even though Saul came with a with a with a bad heart, with a, with wrong inten- intentions to hurt an innocent person. Yet when Saul came to the city of Rama, because of the prophetic influence, Saul began to prophesy. Saul prophesied from all from night to morning. He prophesied that he was naked, till he was naked and he didn't even know it. And then David eventually escaped. But after Saul left that um, um, city, the spirit, the influence of the spirit upon him, um, uh, left or lifted, of course. Now Saul had a bad heart, yet he prophesied. So prophecy or external manifestations of the spirit is not a proof of, of accuracy with God. Like I have said this several times in our Bible study. Now, what shows we are accurate with God is our fellowship with the spirit of God within our hearts. All right. So I hope that's clear enough. Second thing I said here is that <clears throat> God leads us primarily by his spirit within us, not by the gift of the spirit. So take note of this. God will lead you primarily by his spirit within you. Yes, there are times when we have spectacular experiences. There are times when we have the manifestations of the gift of the spirit, you know, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, okay, and, and any other manifestation of the gift of the spirit. But God leads us primarily by his inward witness. And that inward witness, is his spirit within our hearts. And even when we have the expressions of the gift of the spirit or the manifestations of the spirit upon, those um, those expressions come as a confirmation to what is already in our hearts. So don't go all about looking for someone to give you a word and tell you what you should do with your life. Go back to your place of fellowship and let the Holy Spirit reveal to you through fellowship what you ought to do, okay? Because pe- many people have fallen into Terrible things and gone into wrong, wrong extra spiritual things because they're looking for some sort of manifestation or spectacular encounters um, to give them direction. So, God leads us primarily by His Spirit within us and not by the gifts, not by the gifts of the spirits. Okay. Lastly, I said here that you can stay the spirit upon, and this is why why, um, praying in tongues is so powerful. You see, if you operate in a particular anointing, and you want, to, you want the anointing to become to, to be, begin to operate. One of the easy ways or one of the sure ways to do it, is to spend a lot of time praying in tongues. You will stay up the anointing of God within you, all right? You stay the anointing of God upon your life. So I said, you can stay the anointing upon, but you must strengthen the spirit within. So, like I said, when we talked about character, people could have bad character, but yet very anointed. And in the day, like I said here, that in the day of adversity, it is your knowledge of the spirit within that would co- would be your deliverance. The 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 I will talk about is the, the um, signals or the nudges or the promptings of the Holy Spirit within us. They could come very subtly, but yet they are very powerful. And your people's lives depend on the leading of the Holy Spirit. In fact, I, I, a man of God shared the testimony one time that he was going to enter a bus, enter a vehicle, traveling from one city to another. And as soon as he entered, as soon as he, he paid for it, or uh, no, he paid for it, entered the vehicle. He just felt uncomfortable in his spirit. So he came out of the vehicle, went back to them, and told them that they should refund his money. The people looked at him. they were angry. They eventually refunded his money, less some amount. And then he waited for a while. After that particular vehicle left, the next vehicle came, and then he entered that one, and, and he traveled. While he was on this journey, right, he saw they passed an accident from that first vehicle everybody in that vehicle died, every single person in the vehicle died. And this was what God delivered him from. Yet, what, how did he sense that thing in his heart? It was not the anointing on him, and this is an anointed man of God, all right? It was not the anointing upon him that was, that was at work. It was the, the spirit of God within his heart. So a lot of the troubles people go through can be, can be um, averted by fellowshipping and understanding the spirit of God within all right. So, yes, you can pray in tongues to stay the Spirit of God upon you, but you must also stay in the place of fellowship to strengthen the Spirit of God within your heart. Hallelujah. All right. So, this is where we end for this discussion. I hope this is clear enough. I would love us to take questions and also, you know, questions or contributions at this point. Let me know your thoughts about this matter. Let me know what, if you have a question, please let me know what your question is and would we'll attempt to answer it. And um, if you not, don't have a question, but you want to give, you want to um, you want to share your thoughts or your contribution, please just let me know. I <clears throat> will take it at this point, all right? So yeah, for those of us on Mixella, you can drop your questions in the comment section and I'll read it out and we'll answer it as well. But for those of us on, on, on um, Zoom, please let us, let me know if you have questions at this point. Questions, questions, anyone questions or? or um, light bulb moments or what you learned, something that touched you from or resonated with you from today's Bible study. Anybody, anybody? Okay. um, Yes, Silas, please go ahead. Mr. Silas, for the Silas, please go ahead. Don't forget to unmute your mic. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Okay, my question goes, thank you very much for um, the wonderful sessions. Sorry, I'm just coming in. No, okay you're talking about uh, the anointing upon and the anointing within yes please my question goes does uh, how can one properly engage the anointing upon and the anointing within in real life situations okay um so how can one appropriate the or fully engage the anointing within and the anointing upon In real life situations, okay, yes, please. Okay, so, um, let me this will take us back to uh, what we said at the beginning, right? First, is that the anointing within is for your daily living, and and I guess this summarizes some of the points we've made. The anointing within you, right, that's the Holy Spirit within, is for your daily living. You engage with the Holy Spirit every day, you ask him questions. You pray for direction. You're asking for leading. Um, you ask. You interact with him. You fellowship with him, and um, you spend time in worship, in prayer, all of that. That is you are engaging the Spirit of God within you. Okay. <clears throat> when we That's now right. talk to the Spirit, when we now talk about the Spirit of God upon us, like we've said rightly, it is primarily for ministering to other people. You will hardly ever see the expression of the Holy Ghost upon you if you don't minister to others. And this is why evangelism is super important. In whatever way evangelism will happen, right? It is super important and because it gives an opportunity to see the operations of the Holy Ghost upon you. So the anointing upon is put to work when we are ministering to others or when we are serving others. When I say minister, I, please don't, <clears throat> don't limit it to someone preaching and praying and prophesying. No, I'm saying when you decide to serve other people, on, um, when you serve other people on behalf of Christ, or when you decide to witness to other people for Christ, then you see the operations of the Holy Ghost upon you. All right. So, for instance, let me give an example. But let me give a powerful example. Right. <clears throat> um, one day, I took a cab while I was. I, I've shared this one before. While I was still dating my wife, I went there one of the evenings after work, and then I took a cab back home. And while in the cab, just in my heart, it wasn't anything spectacular, but in my heart. Right? I just sensed that my driver, the person driving me was not filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, that is the operation of the Spirit within. That was not a spectacular, I didn't see anything spectacular, just an impression in my heart. All right, And I said to him, and I began to engage him in the conversation. And I explained to him, you know, baptism of the Holy Ghost, praying in tongues, why it's important, all of that. And when we finally got to my house, I asked him if he wanted me to pray for him to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And I did, he said yes, and I prayed for him, and immediately he got filled with the Holy Ghost. That is an operation of the Spirit of God upon. All right. So many times when it comes to leading or direction, we will get that because we know the voice of the Holy Spirit within us, and that can only come through fellowship. But then when it comes to serving other people for Christ or witnessing to so other people for Christ, then we see the operation of the Holy Spirit upon our lives. Does that answer the question? Yes. Thank you, sir. Thank you, much, sir. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate you. it. Thank you, sir. Thank you for your question. All right. Anybody else? Question or a contribution you want to add to this? One more person before we uh, proceed. One more person, one more person, one more person. Okay, so that means we understand it fully. Okay, if you understand it fully, tell me one thing you learned today. Just one person. To tell to tell us one thing you learned today in the course of today's Bible study or something you learned newly or you were reminded of or you were strengthened here yeah. um, go ahead someone say something okay 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 everyone is quiet today that is fine I guess we'll proceed. All right. So um, on Mixeller, I haven't heard from you guys. Hope you're well together. All right. So, like we announced on earlier on, right? Today is our anniversary. I'm, actually, the exact date will be tomorrow 13th, right? But um, this is the pre mode anniversary week. So we're celebrating our anniversary and um, it's exciting, okay? So we are one year today. Um, We started in 2020, this Bible study. If I would even have a name, then we just called it Bible study. And then we've progressed. We've seen the hand of God. We've seen the favor of God. We've seen great things. We've seen people being blessed. And um, it's exciting. So today we are celebrating our one-year anniversary. And we're going to take a song to just thank God and worship God um, with it, okay? But before that, we also have a major announcement, all right And the announcement is that we are changing our name. so up until this moment, we've been called um, online Bible community, but then some months ago, God began to press my heart a new name for us and then um, after I mean he confirmed it and and it's time for us to have a new name. okay So I, I mean I'm tempted to ask, who can guess what a new name is <laughs> Anyone wants to try, wants to guess what our new name is before I reveal it to us? All right. Anyone wants to guess what our new name is? Anyone, anyone, anyone? Okay. I will tell us right away. So let us see it. So, I mean, for those of us on Mixela, you might not be able to see my screen, but I'm sharing my screen and our new name is Borderless Christian Community. All right. Borderless wow. Christian Community. Borderless Christian Community. I don't see anybody excited here. Is it just me? Wow, 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 wow. All right. So we're going to be called Borderless Christian Community. And this is the name that God impressed on our hearts. And I just want to explain... Explain why. I mean, explain how the name came about. And God showed me from Scripture. So, if we turn to Zechariah chapter two, verse four and five, okay? Zechariah chapter two, verse four and verse five. You know, beginning of this year, um, this was the verse of Scripture that God gave to us for for this um, for this for our Bible study community. So, Zechariah chapter two, verse four and five. It says. And he said unto him, Run, speak to this young man, saying, Jerusalem shall be inhabited as towns without walls for the multitude of men and cattle therein. For I said, the Lord will be unto her a wall of fire round about and will be the glory in the midst of her. So when I read the scripture, God was speaking to, to my heart and saying that, In this scripture, we are the Jerusalem and says that Jerusalem shall be inhabited as towns without walls, meaning there'll be no border. There'll be no no limits to our experience and our expression. And um, there'll be no limits to also our reach, you know? And so that's where the name came from, the borderless Christian community, all right? And I think this just sums up and and encapsulates the things that God intends to do with us, that our, our reach will be borderless, our influence will be borderless, Our impact will be borderless. We found this this evening when I was praying, it just dropped in my heart that a time is sorry, a time is coming where every country in the world will have a member that I mean, a a member, how do I put it now? We'll have members from every country in the world, exactly. The time is coming very soon that we'll have members for our community from every country in the world. And mark my word, it's going to happen very, very soon, all right. So yes, we are the borderless Christian community. Amen. All right. So we're going to change. I mean, so because of this, we're changing. We'll change our name on Instagram. We'll change our name on on YouTube. Change our name everywhere that needs to be changed as well. All right. We're going to change that. And um, will so over the course of the next week, and maybe next week or two, we'll see see these things rolling out. All right. So welcome to the borderless Christian community i'm excited i love it i absolutely absolutely do love it all right so yeah that's it that's a new name please share with others that are not here i mean we'll also re- release logo branding and all of that um, as the time as time goes on okay so yeah that's one announcement on mixella please okay okay let me see let me just show you all right all right good good so yeah with us yes Thank you. So second announcement I want to make is this, that, you know, it's been impressed in, my, in our hearts um, and they will discuss with the team. I will pray about this. So we're starting what we call prayer clusters. All right. We'll start that next month. But I want to put out the announcement so that we begin to to work and prepare towards it. So I starting what is called prayer clusters. Prayer clusters simply means... Um, group of people coming together once every week to pray. All right. And um, this is super important to help us strengthen the prayer culture, our prayer culture individually and the prayer culture of the whole community at large. All right. So prayer clusters were pretty this way. Um I'll, I'll put up let me get the link right away and we and everyone who signs up will be will be um put in a particular group of just a few people and you want you meet once a week for for 30 to 60 minutes, just praying, strengthening each other in the place of prayer and also praying specific prayer points if there are uh, prayer points for that, all right? So once a week, we just gather to pray. I know we gather to pray, um, we we dedicate our last Bible study in a month to prayer, but we want to maintain a culture. The the truth is that prayer, you benefit from prayer when it is consistent. And so we want to make sure that every member of our, our community is a prayerful person. So we're putting these structures in place to help us pray, right? So this is the link, um, this is the link for, for prayer clusters. So please, um, where, is it, where is it, where is it, hold on. So this is, yeah, there you go. Um, please look at the comment section, you see the link. <coughs> Please, if if, and I encourage everyone to be part of it. Go ahead and, and, and sign up right away. We're going to make the announcement from now to the end of this month and get as many people as we can to join our prayer clusters cluster group. And then we would commence from the beginning of November. Okay, so let me post this in mixed LR as well. So that is the link for prayer clusters. Please join the prayer clusters and, and it's going to be an amazing time. Okay, so that's the second announcement. And the last announcement is we need volunteers for people who, who can help us with our digital media activities, so social media activities, namely content creation, and also content creation, design, and then a little bit of video editing, nothing so deep on that note. But if you are willing, or you have, and you have such skills, please reach out to me directly, or reach out to... You can drop a message in a group, or just drop a message right now, and I would reach out to you myself. All right. So thank you very much. I want to stick a song of thanksgiving to God. And we would use this song to just really thank God for his mercy, his kindness in our lives, all through the, the one year that we've been in operation. You know, uh, we just want to thank God, for, <clears throat> thank God for, for that. The song is titled Goodness of God. Many of us already know the song by jen johnson of um, bethel music
1: Google digital skills
0: from um, sorry yep. so we're doing we're just taking this song all right so please then um, if you join us as, as we sing the song really reflect on all that god has done for you through the through um, this community and and other things as well so you can just take the opportunity to really bless the name of the lord all right, let's worship God together with this song. Thank
1: you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. All my days. I've been held in your head from the moment that I wake up until I lay my head oh I will see of the goodness of God Cause all my-
0: Can we just take a moment to really just thank God because we've seen the goodness of God. Just bless God and say thank you, Lord, for this community. Thank you for the one year that you've brought us so far. We say thank you. Thank you, Lord, for the supply of your grace. Thank you, Lord, for your wisdom. Thank you, Lord, for insight. Thank you, Lord, for every transformation that you've brought into our lives. Thank you for the opportunity to know you better. Oh, Lord, we say thank you. Can we thank God for the community? Can we say, Father, we are grateful. For one year, Lord, of doing this, we say thank you. You have been our shield. You have been our strength. Many days, it felt like we would we should just end and just quit and close everything, but God supplied us strength. Can we say, Father, we are grateful. Father, we say thank you. 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 Can we give God thanks? Give God glory on behalf of the team and everyone. Can you just say, Father, we thank you. We bless your name. We bless your name. We bless your name. Jesus, we give you glory. Jesus, we worship you. We say thank you. You have been good to us. You have been kind to us. We have seen your goodness. We have tasted of your mercy. We have tasted of your compassion. In the way, truth, O oh Lord, it has not been by power or by might, but has been by your spirit. Oh, your grace has kept us so far. Father, we bless your name. We say thank you, dear Lord. To so you be all the praise, <clears throat> all the glory and adoration. Hallelujah. For in Jesus' mighty name, we have pray. Amen. Our Father, we are grateful. We are indeed super, super grateful for your mercy, for your kindness, for your love, your compassion. Thank you, Lord, for this one year of growth and increase. Thank you, Lord, for all you have done for us this year. Thank you for the people you've added among us. Thank you for the increase. Thank you for the, for the multiplication. We are grateful, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we bless your holy name. We say thank you. We have come to return thanks to you. It was not by our strength, it has not been by our intelligence, it has not been by the exertion of our ability and power. It has truly been, oh Lord, your hand at work in our lives. So, Father, we say thank you. Receive all the glory and all the praise. Thank you, because the next one year, oh Lord, we see we see 10 times multiplication. We kamala We prophesy that just as you have given us a new name, you have called us the borderless Christian community. We declare that we see the, the manifestation of this word in our lives in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, everlasting Father. By the time we come again one year from now, we would have more than enough testimonies to give. Thank you, everlasting Lord. To you be all the praise and glory for in Jesus' mighty name. We have given thanks. Thank you for, again Lord, Thank you for today's Bible study, for teaching us, for granting us utterance. We are grateful. For answering our questions, we are grateful. Thank you again for in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. All right. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us today. Oh, before I go, please, if this is your first time uh, attending our Bible study, kindly indicate, let us know who you are. Just tell us who you are. And who invited you, or how you found out about us, and where you are joining us from? Anyone joining us for the first time today, please just introduce yourself. Um, tell us where you're joining us from. Where you're joining us from, right? And then who invited you? Anybody? Anybody, please. Don't forget to unmute your mic if you are speaking on on Zoom. On Mixella, you can type in the um, the details, and we'll just read it out. Anyone joining us for the very first time? Anyone joining us, anyone like that, for the very first time, just let us know who you are and and um, where you are joining us from and then who invited you. Um, Bryce Silas, is this your first time? Permit me, forgive me for asking. Um, is
1: this your first time
0: joining us? Do you want to just share with us where you're joining us from and who invited you? Okay, let me check Mixella, anyone like that? Okay. Oh, it's first time on Zoom. Okay, that means you've joined us on on Mixella before. Is that correct? Oh, okay, great. Okay, so, I mean, since we didn't, we don't have your details, just let us know where you are joining us from, what city of the world you're joining us from, and then who invited you, and that's it. All right, so while he's typing that out again, thank you everyone for joining us today. So we meet next week. Okay, next week we're looking at um we're looking at um the Holy Ghost and fire. We're looking at the prayer dimension of it, all right? Um, of the Holy Spirit and how he empowers us to pray. That's our topic for next. That's our topic for next week. Okay. Um, so he says I Ay- Ayo Sunday, this first time on Zoom. You are joining from Lagos. you are invited by Tumi Shea. Thank you very much, Ayo. Ayotunde for joining us. God bless you. I hope you were blessed by today's um, session. Um, We have a community of, we have a community where we, where we um, basically connect, all right? And, and it's an amazing time. So please, we'd just like, like you to join our community and it will make communication easier from now henceforth. So this is the group, this is the link to join the community uh, bit.ly for slash obc group okay thank you very much for joining us also silas thank you um Aja, esther invited you and you're joining us from benin benin city edo state awesome awesome thank you so much please let everyone let's welcome silas and Ayotunde. let's give them a warm welcome um in the comment section thank you guys for joining us today please don't forget to join our join um the the our whatsapp group all right And then let me even send us the links to, there's a link to so many other things. And just give me a minute, links to um, other things that will help us. I'll just help you, you know, join our community quickly. So I'm dropping the link in the comment section right away. And this is helpful for everyone as well, whether first first time out or not, these links will just help you, okay? All right, so there you go. Thank you very, very, very much. We'll meet next week, same time, same, same time, same link. Okay, well, same time, same venue. I'm not sure if the link, the link might change, but yeah, same time, same venue, same Holy Spirit. God bless you all. Have a wonderful time, um, wonderful rest of the week. Bye. So, I mean, as always, I'll stay back online for a few minutes and then every other person can go.